0: Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I am your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with HowStuffWorks and iHeartRadio, and I love all things tech. And it is time, my friends, for a classic episode. We look back into the archives of Tech Stuff in the more than 1,000 episodes that we have recorded, and we pick out the gems of polish them up, and serve them up to you because I bet most of you weren't listening way back in 2012. That's when this episode originally aired. March 12th, 2012. It's called Tech Stuff Sets Its VCR. It's time to talk about videocassette recorders. So Chris Paulette and I sit down, chat about it. Hope you enjoy
1: today we're going to talk about the video cassette recorder
0: why Chris, why would we ever <laughs> talk about the video cassette recorder a a technology that is almost forgotten about today yeah that's the problem
1: yeah uh, yeah a, a while back uh, my father uh, VCR he he had it uh, uh plugged in and during a summer uh thunderstorm or as we call it in the south a weekday yes um a, a power surge atomized the transformer inside the vCR yeah,
0: sadly, this did not give the vCR superpowers where it then went on to fight villains in you know various locations that's around the world so cool that's what happens in the comics, I right know, I know yeah lightning atomization superpowers, yes, Re- real life, lightning atomization, computers and or people don't work very well anymore
1: <laughs> yeah so so basically the uh the uh, power. Uh, the thingy that makes the power work in the VCR it w- is now gone. Yes. And I said, you know what? It would be cheaper to get a new VCR than it would be to fix this one. That is, is very likely true. Which is yeah, which is often true with electronics. So I, I recycled it. And uh, my my father has uh, a lot of uh, old videotapes that he wants to be able to watch. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go get him a VCR. Uh, I'll just go down to the department store and pick one up. As it turns out, no, I won't. Because you can't find them anymore on most store shelves. Right. Um even, yeah, even electronic stores. Yeah, they they if you find one you're you're not going to have your choice uh, <laughs> your like, choice is one yeah I mean real well, one or two maybe but but it's not like it was where uh like say you go look for a uh, a smartphone mm-hmm. you have a display of smartphones to choose from, you have mm-hmm. different carriers to choose from uh, even even looking for something like a blu ray player or or even a dvd player there's there are a handful of them to choose from, if not a a you know, a pretty good sized display. Sure, but uh, where that used to be the case with VCRs, uh, it is not so much the case. And I was thinking, hey, you know, I'm, they're so uh, they're so disposable. I'm sure there's going to be a tiny little VCR that I can I can get. It doesn't have to be hi-fi. You know, no, no, they're gone. And I, I was started thinking, who? When did they stop making these things? Because I, I just figured that everybody... There are enough videotapes out there that somebody would still make one. Yeah. I mean, hey, they do it with turntables, and people don't... Uh, people are starting to collect vinyl again, but, it, you know, it, it almost disappeared for a long time there. Oh, yeah. After the yeah. Uh, uh, the CD became popular. So I started thinking, you know, we should look at the VCR and, and see if we can uncover what happened to it. Um, but I think first we sort of need to get it back into the technology. And uh, it's something that, again... Uh, is something that uh, I thought it, it, uh, it went back to a certain point, maybe in the early 80s, uh, mid-70s, but it really goes back uh, decades before, into the 1950s, really.
0: Yeah, now, to really set the scene, back at this time, the way that, that you would capture images was using film. Oh, yeah. And, and we've talked about film quite a bit in this podcast, even recently, uh, where we talked ta- ta- about you know, using, yeah to use using a chemical reaction where exposing a a uh, a film that's coated in chemicals to light activates those chemicals you then process that film with other chemicals mm-hmm. to make a negative image not one that is you know bad or ugly but is negative in this anyway you've heard those podcasts so You're so negative right so even capturing film motion picture film was done through this way and the way you mm-hmm. would capture sound is you would use through various means, uh, a magnetic tape, mm-hmm. and in the way motion picture film was working, was that you would have mag- a, a strip of magnetic tape that ran down the side of the film that was uh, uh, arranged in such a way so that the sound you were hearing and the images you were seeing were synchronized. Right. Uh, so someone came up came up with the idea and said, "Hey, wait a minute. We d- we're putting sound on magnetic tape. Yes. What if we put?" Pictures on magnetic tape too, mm-hmm. and that became the quest to create the the what would become the VCR. But really, at first, it was just getting video onto magnetic tape, and there, there were a lot of challenges associated with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the big ones being that that video information, uh, it, the the image information, took up a lot more space than audio information did. So you had to find a new way to encode that information and put it onto tape so it wasn't going to take up too much space. Otherwise, what you would have is a mile-long tape that would be maybe, oh, a couple of minutes worth of video mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it had it required so much space to record all that
1: information. Well, people shouldn't be too terribly unfamiliar with this, this problem. I mean, uh, we deal with that every day in the Internet. Uh, you know, broadband connections can give you full motion video. You can... Uh, uh, play games with very low latency where you can uh count on being able to round a corner and get a shot off at your opponent before uh, you know you you freeze and then find out that you died because there wasn't anything you could do right um, we have the same we had the same problem with uh well with dSL connections you know the the voice uses a certain amount of uh, of the uh, telephone line's capacity mm-hmm. and that's how they use uh, the telephone line to carry the internet is, is there's this unused capacity and that's how, um, that's how DSL works in, you know, and kind of simplified. Sure, um, sure. you know, but, uh, anybody who's looked at a, an audio cassette and a video cassette knows, c- can see exactly what you're talking about, Jonathan, because, uh, an audio cassette is, uh, uses a much narrower piece of tape, yes. um, than a video cassette can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are other challenges too. I mean, uh, It sort of depends on how much video you want to capture. Um, A a video cassette uh, can be recorded in a number of different um, quality levels. Yes. And um, to fit, once you've standardized on a cassette size... Uh, and then you start adding time to it. Oh, well, this one can do eight hours instead of six hours if you record it at the correct quality. Then you start having to talk about the tape's thickness. Sure. Because the tape won't fit in the... The cassette won't fit in the machine if you uh, leave the tape at the same size and it, it won't work the same way inside the, the cassette. So something has to give. Yeah. Um, but we could talk about the mechanics of that in a moment. We yeah. were going to talk about the history. And, sure, uh,
0: yeah. So back in the 1950s.
1: Yes, yes. And before that, of course, uh, as as... Pretty much everyone knows uh, we had live TV. Um, you know, you, you <laughs> burps and gaffs and things that fall over and all. Yeah, you
0: might have a, an, a a famous Hollywood actor think that what he's doing is a walkthrough rehearsal instead of the actual uh, the actual program, which did happen mm-hmm. with I think it was uh, Lon Chaney Jr. Really? Yeah, he was supposed to. Apparently, um, Mr. Chaney was uh, somewhat the worse for wear. Because he had um, had a little uh, had a little um, little drinky poo. Uh, I see. And thought that he was going in for a rehearsal for something that he was doing, and there was a fight scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the fight scene, he's supposed to pick up a chair, and it's a breakaway chair. Right. And slam it across the back of someone and knock them unconscious. He thinking it was a rehearsal, not realizing it was going out live. Mm-hmm. Picked up the chair, went through the motion as if he was going to swing the chair, then very gingerly set the chair back down where it was supposed to be. <laughs> And I, I actually have this on DVD somewhere, so I'll have to see if I can dig that up. But anyway, yeah, it was live TV. It wasn't, it wasn't something that people could mess with and edit things out. And, uh, you know, it, it went out warts and all.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, a couple guys uh, working for Ampex, which is, uh, again, a familiar name for people who've worked with professional recording equipment, um, named Charles Ginsburg and Ray Dolby, uh, worked on the first commercial reel-to-reel videotape uh recorder and that would be uh it looks very similar to a real to real audio recorder this was around 1956 and uh it completely revolutionized the TV industry because at this point you could record a TV broadcast to be played at a later time so uh, if you had something like um Mr uh Mr Cheney's gaff uh happen and you know you could go back and do it again if you needed to, yeah um but uh before that, everything was live, and this this really changed things uh for the industry of course these machines were were not inexpensive uh they were not tiny <laughs> as they later became um and uh so it was really sort of the uh exclusive world of uh you know professional t v people yeah. Who are using the, this kind of equipment?
0: And that would that would r- remain the case for decades.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, in uh, it, it was 1969 when Sony came up with the first inexpensive uh, VCR. Um, inexpensive again, meaning industry, yeah, not consumer.
0: Yeah, in 1971, Sony had the Umatic system. Oh, right, right. U m a t i c, and that was almost exclusively restricted to commercial use.
1: Yeah, they used the wider tape and uh, had had the advantage of being very high quality. Yeah, um, but it was it was much larger than uh, than what we use today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those of us who still have working videotape players. Um, but it was it was really the mid seventies when the equipment became inexpensive enough.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually have something kind of fun oh, fun
1: to say before he's we get to mid seventies. Yeah, in nineteen seventy
0: two. Nineteen seventy two. This is the first time we have a consumer video cassette recorder. Now, this is not a VHS or Beta machine. Right, right. It's it's yeah. using the same basic technology but different format. Mm-hmm. So, the very first consumer VCR from my research was a Philips. Model 1500, Mm -hmm. which came out in the United Kingdom, of -hmm. all places, in 1972. Well, Philips is a British company. Our pals in the United Kingdom.
1: Yes. Do you get that, pal? Ah, nice. Thank you. There's nothing you can do with NTSC.
0: No, no, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, yeah, they, they managed to get their hands on one in 1972, and it cost the princely sum of 649 pounds in 1972. And I know what you're thinking, Chris. You're thinking, gosh, Jonathan, how much would that be in today's dollars so you would have to convert pounds into dollars and then use an inflation calculator. Who has time to do that? Well, sir, I tell you, I had time to do that this morning.
1: Anyone with Wolfram Alpha, which will do it for you automatically. I I didn't use Wolfram Alpha.
0: (laughs) So the answer Wolfram Alpha gives may be different from the one I have. But based upon the historical currency conversion website, Mm 649 pounds in 1972 would be equivalent to $9,087 today. So just shy of ten grand, the very first consumer video cassette recorder. Meanwhile, Chris is 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 looking at Wolfram Alpha as we record this to see how how far apart the two conversions are.
1: Do you have an answer from Wolfram Alpha? You said six eighty two? Six forty nine. Six forty nine. Why did I get six okay. Six forty nine. This right. is good radio right here. Oh, I know it is. Uh, well, that's the thing is it, it it shows you how expensive this device was at the time. Yeah. I mean it's not something that everybody had in their uh, <laughs> no ten grand to drop on a VCR. Yeah.
0: Um, Do you have an answer? N- no, because I did it wrong. So uh, all right, we'll just have to ignore it. I'm okay. sure some listener will be very helpfully let us know.
1: Yeah. Anyhow, so um, so yeah, it wasn't until uh, the mid '70s when VHS. Made its debut.
0: Yeah, actually, uh, in well, in Japan it came out in seventy six, yeah. but in the United States we had to wait till seventy seven before it came over here. And mm-hmm. before that, Sony had come out with a competing. Standard the Beta standard yes uh, so uh, Beta had been on the market for a year before VHS managed to to come to store shelves uh, and so there were there was the videotape wars which I think yeah. we've actually talked about in a previous episode we
1: have and, and of course uh, Beta is short as someone else will point out is short for Betamax yes um, and uh, <coughs> but you really didn't compete for for quite a while um, of course uh, uh, Betamax is still used uh, or or was used for a long time in um, TV work, yeah. even after it failed as a standard that you would see on the uh, uh, store shelves at your local video rental place. Right.
0: The biggest uh, differentiator between the two, at least early on, Other was that... tape size? Was that, well, it, it, Beta had a slightly better resolution yeah. than VHS, yeah. but only slightly. I mean... The difference wasn't as dramatic as, say, VHS to DVD, mm-hmm. but it, was, there, it did have a higher quality image, and also uh, it could only record up to two hours, mm-hmm. and VHS, the big thing about that was it could record up to four hours. So that, that really helped push VHS over beta, even though uh, since beta had been on the, the market for a year, they had managed to bring their prices down, so when VHS first uh, launched, it was actually more expensive.
1: Right, right. Well, um here again the uh, the average consumer is is going to look at it and go, "Well, I can I can buy blank video cassettes for a VHS machine and yep. record more video on it." Uh, to allow me to uh, record more myself, and therefore this is a better value for me, even though the marginal uh, difference in quality might make me think about a Betamax machine.
0: And the VHS standard was introduced by JVC. Yes. And uh, that's also going to be important in a little bit. But Mm -hmm. JVC, uh, the first model they introduced in the United States was the Mm HR-3300, which cost $1,000 in 1977, which in today's money... Mm-hmm. $3,555. Wow. Yeah, that's a, it's a
1: healthy chunk of change to drop on a VCR. Yeah, and it's it's amazing, too, because a lot of these machines were top loaders. I remember that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you'd, you'd uh, pop the door open, slide the cassette in, and then push the top uh, of the door down yeah. back into the, the video player. I had
0: one of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this was... Um, you know, it's interesting to think of that because I think the last time I actually went shopping for a VCR, I was just looking for for one to so because I've got tapes, mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to play them. This was years ago, but I remember running across models that were like thirty or forty dollars. Mm-hmm. So to think of it as being almost well thirty five hundred bucks in today's money back then, uh, that's kind of kind of mind blowing, right there
1: and of course, uh you might say, "Okay, so what happened between nineteen fifty six and nineteen seventy six uh well one of the there were there were several things that happened of course the like all technology it seems like uh, people find out better ways to achieve the same effect so you know gradually these machines are getting smaller they're getting lighter uh the quality is going up they're getting more affordable as as people can mass produce them in greater quantities but there was also something else uh that that is common with this kind of technology and there were people that just didn't want vcrs on on people's home entertainment shelves are you talking about organizations
0: like the Motion Picture Association of America.
1: Yes. Yeah. I am. So
0: you've got these organizations that were legitimately concerned yes. that home access to this kind of technology would mean a a hit. It would take the the organization would take a hit. The whole movie industry would take a hit. Sure. As people would refrain from going out to the movies and instead watch things from their homes. Mm-hmm. Same sort of concern was from the television industry. Mm-hmm. If you didn't require people to be at a certain place at a certain time, then how can you guarantee that your advertisers are spending the right amount of money for advertisements during that slot on T V?
1: Yep, yep. Oh, 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 but what but what but what happens? I ask you, when when your favorite, uh, one of your favorite movies comes on on a local station, you could record it yourself and then never have to go see it again. You, yeah. you, you could watch it again anytime you wanted. Yeah. That's not cool.
0: Yeah. So they, these were real arguments yeah. that were brought up against it. That was one of the reasons why it took a while for this stuff to get to market was just because there was a big resistance on the part of the, the content providers.
1: Yeah. So... It seems uh, like that happens every time there's... Yeah. There's something. It's one of these revolutions in technology. If
0: this episode were all about digital video recorders, yes. it'd be the same story.
1: Yeah, or audio cassettes. Yeah, audio cassettes, um, CDs. I mean, really,
0: yeah. any anytime you get to any kind of medium where you're permanently putting something down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there are people who are saying, "Wait a minute, how are we going to make money now?"
1: Well, yeah, I mean that it gave rise to. Uh, to these industries. Yes. They were able to record it the first time and then they could show it to you or play it for you any other time for a fee. Yeah, yeah, they were losing their money.
0: Two major industries popped up because of this. You had the rental industry. Yes. So companies like Blockbuster and all the other rental agencies out there that could rent out videotapes, they would not exist without this. Right. And then secondly, you had just the home theater market industry, people who were purchasing tapes Uh, So that they could own these movies that they loved in a a more permanent fashion instead of being like, oh, I saw this great movie in the theater five years ago. It's called Star Wars. I really wish that I could watch it again, but no theater is showing it and there's no – I mean, why would a theater release it again? Right, right. Well, suddenly this created a whole new market for these old films. So once the industries realized this, they started to reverse
1: their decision. Oh, now I get it. And they made – Stupid amounts of money on oh, it. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, I remember buying uh, movies, movies when they first came out uh, on on video cassette, and they were exorbitant. It was like yes, eighty dollars for a film.
0: Well, in a, in a lot of cases, that was because those movies were priced for rental agencies. Yeah. So that you would have a company like Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. I always use that one because that's the one that most people are familiar with. But Blockbuster would say, "All right, we'll pay a hundred dollars per." Uh, copy of this film. Yeah. And then we'll make it up by renting it out to X number of customers. And so it'll take us, you know, a certain number of times before we make our money back. But after that, it's all profit mm-hmm. as long mm-hmm. as that tape is undamaged, you know, as yep. long as that tape is, is, is lendable. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there were a lot of videotapes that never went on sale for a price that, a, that the average consumer would consider uh, reasonable. Because it was never meant for the mass market. It was meant for the rental agency market. One of the movies, there's a movie that I I talk about among my friends all the time called Blood Salvage. Mm -hmm. The uh, tagline is, if Jake can't fix it, it's been dead too long. It was a gothic southern horror movie about a a guy who runs a, a, a wrecking facility, mm-hmm. he, uh, he he has a, drives an old tow truck and he um, salvages parts from from vehicles and people.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, I was an extra in this film. Don't even bother trying to find it if you want to look for me because you first you don't know what I looked like when I was 12 and two, you would have to have eagle eyes and your hand on the paws because it's gone in a flash. But anyway, uh, I wanted a copy of this movie because I actually enjoyed it. It's a goofy Horror movie, mm-hmm. campy, tongue-in-cheek, kind of gross, you know, right up my alley, right? Oh, yeah. So I went looking for it, $99. It's the wow. only place. Uh, finally, I got it on eBay when someone got it from like a, a fire sale from mm-hmm. some rental uh, company. But yeah, that's why those, those tapes were that expensive. So by 1981, mm-hmm. all right, so the VHS has been on the market for just four years or so. In 1981... VHS made up 75% of all video cassette sales. By then, beta had dropped down to 25%. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was all VHS from there on out until really the late 1990s, and it didn't really start dropping off until the 2000s. But we'll get into that after we talk about how this stuff works.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the important things, too, is um – in general, these machines all kind of work the same. Yeah. We we're talking about uh, Betamax and uh, uh, you know three quarter for the uh, television industry, um, three quarter inch um, for VHS. They're basically they're all a, a reel of magnetic tape inside a cassette, and that's one of the, the cool things about uh, video cassette recorders is that um, these devices. I mean, and I talk about the cassettes. The cassettes themselves are designed to protect uh, the tape which is necessary because uh, uh, certain young people I know would gladly reach in and and grab the tape and pull it right out of the cassette if it was possible to do so easily. Um, It is if you know what you're doing, but it's got protections on it to keep it from getting stuff spilled on it, or getting hooked on something by accident. Um, So it was very wise of the people who made these cassettes to uh, build in some protections. It's got a little door, and if you hit uh, uh, a cassette, if you hit the little button, spring-loaded button, uh, you can pull the door open and actually look at the tape. Yeah. Um, now, but it's got you know two reels. The, ta- mm-hmm. the tape starts on one side, moves to the other side. But it, it's the cassette also has some features to to prevent that from being done casually.
0: Yeah, there's some spring loaded uh, uh, brakes on there that mm-hmm. have to be engaged in order for them to release the tape. Mm-hmm. And uh, the VCR actually has a little pin or a pair of pins, really, yeah. that mm-hmm. that insert into the bottom of the tape that releases that spring loaded break yep uh, otherwise it's much more difficult if you've ever tried to manually wind a VHS tape you realize you know, this isn't
1: moving very easily at all it doesn't work like an audio cassette where you could take a pencil and
0: yeah and rewind it, know, rewind that rewind way, it back like, way. like especially if the if the tape had come out a little bit oh, and yeah. Trying, yeah boy I've had fun with those oh yeah um, so also the the information that's stored on this magnetic tape is not recorded linearly left to right no or not. right to left it's if you did that the tape would have to be enormous yes because like we said that that visual information takes a lot of space so this was one of the clever ideas that the video cassette industry came up with early on mm-hmm. was instead of recording it like a straight line like imagine you have a really wide sheet of paper okay all right, so it's like it's, a roll
1: of paper, maybe.
0: Yeah, like a roll of paper, and you've you've rolled it out from left to right, and you're going to write a message. Well, uh, you, you cut off cut off at ten feet. Okay. All right, so at ten feet, you're writing and and you can only write one line mm-hmm. from left to right. You can't you can't go back down underneath after you get to the end. Yeah. There's a limited amount of information you can write on there, but let's say that instead of writing it directly left to right, you tilt the paper. Okay. So you're writing at a diagonal from the let's say the the uh, the top the bottom edge to the top edge, you know, in a, at a, at a slant. Right. All right. And then you write one little bit of information, and then you go, you take a little space, and you write again in a diagonal from the from the bottom edge to the top edge. Uh, and then you go a little bit further down. You write from the bottom edge to the top edge. And again, you're doing this at a, at an angle. So it's maybe like a 45-degree angle across mm-hmm. the paper. Mm-hmm. You can fit more information on that same sheet of paper by recording it at that slant.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's true. That's what is going on with VHS tapes. They, the information is recorded at a bias on the tape. It's not a, a direct horizontal line of information it's several diagonal lines of information arranged in a horizontal row mm-hmm. and the way the the VCR copes with this is that the device that reads and writes to the uh, to the tape itself is tilted it's 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 not—it's uh, not perfectly vertical. The the drum head that does this—it's actually at a tilted at an angle so that it can read and write this information uh, at this angle. Well, sorry guys, this is John from two thousand nineteen. Looks like I accidentally hit pause on the VCR right there. Well, while I try and figure out how this remote works, let's take a quick break and thank our sponsor. So I guess we need to kind of dive into what a VCR looks like if you were to open one up. Okay,
1: all right. Um, well, of course, uh, we were just talking about the, the information recorded on the tape and the drum. Uh, when you pop a, a video cassette inside, of VCR, yeah. Um, what it's going to do is it's going to engage all the pins and things to get the the tape ready to play. Yeah, and it actually pulls the tape outside the case of the cassette.
0: Yes, yes. Um, the the little protective door lifts up. Mm-hmm. The brakes are released, and a couple of uh, of of guides, which are inserted. Behind the tape, inside the the cassette itself, when you mm-hmm. push it down, it's part of the VCR. Yep. These two guides pop up inside the tape, the cassette itself. Mm-hmm. Behind the tape, the door releases up, and the guides pull the, the the tape like a ribbon up to the the innards of the VCR itself.
1: Yep. So if you've ever popped a tape in and you hear that that mechanical whir. As it uh, as the tape gets ready to play, that's yeah. what it is. It's the the uh, uh, the mechanics inside engaging that tape, and then there's that uh, that big drum that you said uh, was at an angle.
0: Yeah, the rotating head drum. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is this is the all the visual information stuff is all based off of this drum. Yeah.
1: The ones I've seen are silver in color, and yes, it's, it's large. You can you it's probably the easily most identifiable part of the inside of the VCR I would yeah, say yeah And um, this is the piece that uh, that
0: rotates and will drive the helps drive the the uh, progression of the tape from one reel to the other reel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are other rollers that are in there too that will also help move the tape along it's not just the rotating head drum that that propels the tape through right uh, there's a pinch roller that also does this through uh, through um, uh, it, there's a a stationary roller called a capstan. Yes, and a pinch roller that's on the opposite side of the capstan. The tape moves between the two, mm-hmm. and the the pressure that the two create against each other that's what allows it to pinch and pull that tape through. Mm-hmm. So you've got the rotating head drum and the pinch roller that are help propelling this tape through the system. You also have a couple of different um, well, they're called heads. Yes, inside the device that are that have specific. Purposes.
1: Yeah. Now, the ro- rotating head drum is there to to read the video information. Yes. Uh, but there is an audio head as well, mm-hmm. um, which is located over off to the side. It's not right next to it um, generally. But uh, what it does is it reads the audio track yeah. on there. And, uh, you know, a VCR uh, is designed to record um, videotapes. And if you've yes. ever had a, a videotape, uh, let's say you, you recorded um, – a show that you wanted to watch for a while before I had a DVR, I used to record shows that I wasn't going to be available to watch. And I would, uh, you know, I had a couple tapes that I used over and over again. Well, there's an erase head inside of VCR that will erase the information on the tape so that you can re record it with additional tape.
0: Yeah, without um, there being interference or otherwise you would just have stuff overlaid on top of each other over and over and over again and it would yep. be unviewable. Yep. Unless you were, you know, David Lynch or something.
1: <laughs> now, there, uh, just like with an audio cassette, uh, there is a tab, a little plastic tab on a v, uh, VCR cassette that tells the VCR whether it's allowed to engage the erase head or not. Yes. Um, if you went out to buy a copy of your, your, uh, a movie that you liked from the shelves, uh, that, tape, that tab would be gone. Um, and, you know, if you tried to hit record, you could not accidentally record over it. Now, uh, as most of us with a long history of these things know, uh, you could put a piece of tape over it. Yeah. And it would allow you to do this, but you would have to actually do something yourself to allow the uh, the tape to be replaced. So that way you would, let's so say let's say that you got that,
0: that uh, sweating to the Oldies 8, and you're like, this is not nearly as good as my sweating to the Oldies 7.
1: You know what? I'm not going to have this debate with you again.
0: All right. Well, anyway, you might think, I want to be able to record over this and then you would use a piece of tape to do that because otherwise, like you were saying, it would prevent you from doing that accidentally because there's nothing seven. like the panic you experience when you put a tape in and then you realize that you accidentally just hit play and record and not just play. Yes, and you want it, and it's a tape that you did not want to erase. There's a there's a special level of panic. I, I yes. I'm not sure that I have a word for it, but I have definitely felt that exp- you know I've more than
1: once. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it also has a uh, VCR. Also has the ability to uh, read additional information about the tape, uh, if you will. It's metadata. Yes, it's on the tape itself um, that tells the, the VCR some important things like. Um, uh, when we were talking about it just a few minutes ago, uh, there there are three typically three modes that a, a uh, VHS tape can be played in: uh, SP, LP, and EP. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, there we won't get into I won't get into that just yet. Let's okay. let's But um, you can it tells this information is along the tape um, that tells the uh, the VCR what speed to play the video back. At. yeah this is along the control track mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it also um, you know the it also has a sensor the VCR does mm-hmm. um, that tells it has some clear leader tape um, that they put before and after the the brown colored magnetic tape that tells it basically hey there uh, you're either at the beginning or at the end of the the tape go ahead and Prepare to shut down. Yeah, this is actually or start the movie.
0: A very simple sensor. Yes, because all it is is trying to detect light. Yeah. So if the regular tape is passing through, it's dark enough so that the light does not hit the sensor, mm-hmm. and the sensor says, "Yep, still good." But okay. then once it gets to the clear tape at the end, it says, "Whoa, got to the end of the tape." It actually does not say anything. By the way,
1: is there a light? No. 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 I keep hearing voices coming out of my VCR.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a totally different problem, and not covered under our podcast.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, for the for the most part, um, opening up a VCR, uh, is, there's not a lot of. Uh, a glamour to it. There are, are rollers and some pins. And the the, pins basically being there to hold the cassette in place and guide the tape. Yes, um, so that
0: it doesn't just you know start snarling on things and then then you've got a, a mess on your hands. Yep. The rotating drum, head drum is probably the most interesting feature. I mean, first of all, it's it's one of the largest parts of the. Yeah. And if you if you were to it's look at much one right and in the not middle. yeah, and if you were to look at one and not know what it was, you might think my VCR is broken. This thing is til- sideways. It's tilted. Yeah. It's supposed to be like that. Yeah. Cuz like I said it's it's because of the uh the direction of the information being stored on that tape. Uh the that whole rotating head thing uh is called helical scanning.
1: Mm, helical.
0: Yeah, because of the way that it the information is encoded along the uh the tape,
1: it's almost like a helix. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Now, um we were talking a moment ago about the the speeds. Uh the uh, an SP mode that's the highest quality mode that a, a VHS tape can uh, can use, and it uses uh, it goes by at about 1.31 linear inches or 33.35 millimeters per second. Um, LP is the medium, it allows you, oh, that, that's a that's generally about two hours. Uh, yeah. LP runs about four hours, um, and in order to do that, it, it runs the tape about uh, 0.66 um, inches per second, and uh, or linear inches per second, and uh, that's sixteen point seven millimeters per second. And EP gives you uh, about six hours on an average cassette um, when it's running uh, at about 0.44 linear inches per second, or eleven point one two millimeters per second. The thing is, uh, you know, as you increase, or, or actually as you decrease the speed, you're getting poorer quality.
0: Yeah, which might sound strange to, to. Uh, to people who are um, just listening to this, and like, wait, what do you mean? How how is it that going slower means poorer quality? And it's because you're using you're using a, a less space to store all that information. Yes, <laughs> that's the thing is that you know, if you're if you're going faster, then you're using up all that tape to store a, a, you know, a smaller amount of information than you would be if you're going slower. It's mm-hmm. it's almost counterintuitive when you first think about it, but then when you actually sit there and say, oh wait, if if I have a piece of paper. That's going past me at a certain speed, and I'm 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 able to write really really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's I'm not gonna be, get as much um, I'm not gonna get as much quality crammed in there. <laughs> it's just weird, man. I sit there and I try and think about it, and then my brain breaks. <laughs> but no, yeah. The slower it goes, the less the the lower the quality. Mm-hmm. It's not able to to store as much information in um,
1: uh as you would if you were running it faster. True, true. And and some VCRs, too, have a flying erase head, which is not what happens when you get really fed up because your VCR is broken and you fling it across the room. Also not a David Lynch movie. (laughs) Nice. Um, The erase head that we were talking about before, uh, found in uh, the less expensive VCRs, is basically just going to erase the entire tape. Um, but a flying erase head is, is, uh, you can find it on the rotating drum itself and it actually can, uh, take individual bands and erase them. And, uh, that allows you to be more precise when you erase material from the VCR, uh, tape. Um, also, uh, if you're going to use the two faster speeds, uh, you're going to need a forehead VCR. Um, again, this is not some sort of mutant. Uh, the, uh, SP tape only needs two heads, but a, a four head VCR can run the other speeds. Basically the other heads, uh, play heads need to be there so that they can run the other the speeds. Um, so it's just one of those technological things that needs to take place in order to, uh, to do that. But if you'd ever wondered what that meant when you saw it on, uh, on the cards, cause, cause you aren't going to see it now at your local department store, I can tell you, um, you know the, that was that was one of the marks of a more uh, uh, sophisticated VCR because you you had more flexibility to record uh, other other speeds with that.
0: Yeah, and there are multiple standards mm-hmm. for encoding information onto cassettes. And uh, anyone who has tried to bring back a tape from another country into their home country and then realize that it doesn't play on their machine has uh, experienced this joy because yeah. the the VHS tapes from from various countries, tend to be the same size. I mean,
1: physically, there doesn't appear to be anything different about them. So it's convenient, right? They don't have to make a, a new size cassette, right? But the the that saves money. The encoding
0: process is different, and the playback f- process is different. The speeds are different, and uh, and they're not compatible. So it
1: could lead to a flying erase
0: head. Yeah. So our folks over at uh, our friends in, in in the UK, they use the the PAL. Mm -hmm. Standard PAL, which was also very popular throughout Europe and other countries as well. And then the United States and then a few other countries, including Japan, NTSC was the standard. And these, again, were not compatible. So if you went over – like if I hopped on the plane and flew over to uh, Old Blighty and decided that I wanted to pick up uh, the full – Uh, series of Doctor Who from the classic era and then come back and watch them, I would be very much disappointed when I tried to play those in my my United
1: States VCR because it would not play back. You would really need to buy a VCR there and bring it back with you.
0: Yeah. And, and then people and possibly start, adapters as well. Yes. And, and 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 then eventually someone would show up at my door and ask me if I had my television license, and I'd say, What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure customs would love that. Yeah, another bring back a trunk full of uh electronics and plastic.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, they they didn't say a thing when I brought back the police call box. So um I thought the police call box brought you back. Oh, that's right, I bypassed customs. <laughs> I just got on another list. <laughs> that was a joke. Oh, okay. but all of those things were jokes. So yeah, the different standards, but that's that's why they're not compatible. Um yeah, and that control track also mm-hmm. holds the information necessary. Like usually the tracking is is fairly automatic. Mm-hmm. You know that that
1: tape over time warps. Yes, it can stretch. Um yeah, you know, the can, more you know, you're putting when you think about it, you're putting stress on it. You yeah. um let's say you uh fast forward and rewind the tape over and over again, and then there's that sudden stop. I remember um, I got a uh, the, the VCR I have now, uh, which is thankfully still working, um, has a, a mechanism in it to determine when it's getting close to the end of the tape and it starts to slow down uh, when you're rewinding or fast forwarding the entire tape um, to prevent it from. Getting that sudden stop, at which the end could of the eventually
0: tape. make the tape snap.
1: Yes, and uh, you know the tape is the tape is very thin. Yeah, uh, it's made of a, a essentially it's plastic. Yep, uh, which is known to stretch over time, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean you've spent the money on a movie or or something, a show that uh, let's say you've recorded your wedding, or uh, you, you rented know, it and you don't own it. Yes, be kind, please rewind. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you want to take care of the tape because otherwise, uh, it could get out of whack. That's, yeah. and, um, if you have to mess with the uh, tracking control, you know about this because right. the tracking basically controls how the tape is reading it. And when you start to see, uh, uh, static little lines in the in the video playback. You realize that the tape has started to warp or stretch.
0: Yeah, it's not quite aligned properly, so the the head's having trouble mm-hmm. uh, reading the information. So with the tracking, some of some of the VCRs, especially the later ones, have automatic tracking. Yeah, where it just detects that that's the things are not quite right and it'll start making adjustments others have manual a tracking disturbance in
1: the force. Right.
0: others have manual tracking where you have to change a little dial or whatever and try and get it as closely aligned as possible so that you have the best possible picture yeah. i remember doing that a lot with stuff that we had taped off television back when i was a kid
1: oh yeah yeah well especially if you use it over and over again the more the more likely you uh, the more you use it the more likely it is to start to stretch and and uh, and warp
0: Hope you guys are enjoying this rewind episode of Tech Stuff on VCRs. I'm running out of VCR puns. But let's uh, take a quick break to thank our sponsor. Well, let's talk a little bit about what has happened to the VCR and VHS. DVDs. Yeah, that was the big one. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so DVDs, when they – Premiered
1: uh, well. First, it wasn't a huge blow to VHS at all. Well, for the same reasons we were talking about earlier in the podcast, they were the machines were expensive. Yes, DVDs were expensive,
0: and there weren't nearly as many. I yeah. mean, you know,
1: you could find
0: you the the odds of finding a popular movie in those days on VHS were pretty high. Yeah, but finding that same film on DVD. Could be really a challenge because there just wasn't as much content available in that form factor at that point.
1: Yeah, that so, didn't stop DVD players from selling very quickly. However,
0: no, no, they they had a pretty a relatively fast ramp up. I mean, it it I do remember that it was a couple of years before I got a DVD player because they were they were you know luxury items. Yeah, uh, for a long time. But you did start to notice things, like if you went to one of those rental stores, like Blockbuster, you started noticing that the VHS uh, section was getting smaller, yeah, and the DVD section was getting larger. Same thing in retail stores. You would go to a retail store that would sell movies, and you notice that the VHS would get smaller and smaller, but DVDs started to really take over.
1: Uh, oh. Well, and- I mean, DVDs have some advantages. You know, There is no warping or stretching. Right. I mean, there's, there's the possibility that you could scratch them. Um, but even even depending on how they scratch, they may not uh, uh, they may not be damaged enough to affect the playback significantly. Plus, you have a lot more control of over uh, where you can uh, start and end. Uh, you the can, resolution was far better than VHS. Yep yeah, you can you can watch them in computers and uh, even include uh, extras that allow you to interact with them. Uh, you know, games and other. Uh, things commentary that you tracks. Do. Yeah, and, and things like that that you couldn't do with a, with a uh, videotape.
0: Yeah, if I ever wanted to uh, to watch a movie, like let's say Indiana Jones and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. If I ever okay. wanted to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and, and have a commentary track while I was watching it on VHS, I had to kidnap Steven Spielberg and and uh, tie him up and have him sit next to me as I watched it. And that only works once, folks. Yeah, thanks to
1: the restraining order, he won't be doing that again.
0: Yeah, they they recognize you even if you dramatically change your look. It's amazing. Steven Spielberg has this ability. Uh, he does not forget a face.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> uh, DVDs really became popular quickly enough that it started to put a, a – It started to clue the movie studios in. And, of course, at this point, uh, they were a little less likely to be upset about the DVDs, which were, uh, you know, when you buy a DVD uh, from the store, you can't record over it like you could with uh, VHS tape. Yeah. Uh, You know, all it takes is a little piece of tape, ladies and gentlemen. For a a long time— uh, the
0: the ability to record to DVD at all was uh, even greater luxury than a DVD
1: player. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, the movie studios. Uh, I don't remember them making as big a fuss about DVD as they did for some of the other stuff. And so, no, uh, they uh, people adopted it fairly quickly. It still took a while though before yeah. uh, uh, VHS started really. Tapering off in yeah. popularity.
0: In two thousand three, that was when DVD rentals began to finally outpace VHS rentals mm-hmm. at rental agencies. Yeah. And in two thousand five, DVD sales hit twenty two billion with a B dollars, mm-hmm. and VHS was down to one point five billion with a B dollars. So the writing was on the wall at that point. But it, the real blow came in two thousand eight. Yes, that's when JVC, which, if you recall, was the company that introduced. The VHS format mm-hmm. stopped producing standalone VCRs. Yeah, and that was that prompted a lot of people to say that 2008 marked the death of the VCR.
1: Yeah, although I, I think it's as dead as any of these other technologies are, like um, yeah. uh, the vinyl turntable, um, the uh, the laser disc, and some yeah. of these other the the other formats. There, and the thing is, I mean, you've, you you told me, too, before the podcast, that you have some movies that you have on on VHS cassettes that you can't find on DVD. Yeah, Blood so.
0: Salvage. If yeah. Jake can't fix it, it's been dead too long.
1: Yeah. So that one's not available on DVD. So, uh, there you go. Um, there are reasons that, that you that people are still going to want to make them available. Of course, uh, libraries and other people who have uh, large – who spent money on these have to find a way to uh, either convert them or maintain the equipment long enough to keep it out there. So uh, I I think it's – It sort of turned into a zombie technology at this point, but I just hadn't realized how far it had gone until a few days ago when I went. (laughs) And then tried to find one? Yeah, I was thinking, I'll probably be able to get one for $20 or so. Well, heck, CNET reported
0: that the last major supplier of VHS tapes in the United States shipped its final truckload in December 2008.
1: Wow. Well, see, that that shows you how long it's been since I've tried to find a movie on VHS. Yeah,
0: and and a couple of films have come out on VHS, but it's been more like a, a gimmick. Yeah. Like, especially films that are uh, kind of an homage to to certain genres that were really, that came to prominence in the 1980s. Yeah. Which, you know, that's sort of the same thing we we saw with bands and vinyl for a while. Yeah. Because that vinyl was kind of a gimmick, like saying, hey, look, we're this cool independent group and we're supporting this, uh, what some would call obsolete form factor. Uh, but, you know, although vinyl... <laughs> managed to to have a, a a second gasp. I'm not sure that VHS will. And the big reason behind that, DVDs definitely were a blow to VCRs. Yes. Digital video recorders was like that was the death blow. The DVR was a death blow to the VCR. Oh yes, yes. Because now you had DVDs where you could get a better quality picture and experience. From the content providers, and you had DVRs, which that's what took care of the time shifting element of VCRs.
1: Yes, definitely, because I, I actually had um, VHS or VCR Plus, which was this technology that people uh, came out with that uh, would allow you to, if you knew a code and your VCR was equipped with it, you could enter that code in your VCR and it would pick the right channel on the right date. Of course, um, My VCR didn't have the ability to change channels like my DVR does um, because it's built in. So it can change – it knows what channel to change it to. It knows when. And I can subscribe to an entire series. Yeah. So I can say, uh, I want you to record this show, which comes on Tuesdays at 8. And uh, the network makes a decision. No, we're going to move that to Thursdays at 9.30. Well, the DVR can – Handle that,
0: yeah. Because again, again can, there's metadata there that the DVR can follow.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I can say I want to record new episodes only. Don't record reruns, and it goes. Okay, this one's a rerun. I'm skipping it.
0: Yeah, whereas your VCR would nope. just be like, nope, I'm going to record at this channel at this time because that's what he told me to.
1: Yeah, and it's it's so much more, the DVR is so much more uh, flexible. Yeah, much more versatile. Uh, that, than a VHS uh, recorder is, and it's just,
0: yeah. You know, once, between
1: the two of those. Once
0: the move to digital happened, VHS really had no hope, and then... On top of that, if that weren't enough, even the DVR at this point, I think, is starting to have a bit of a slowdown. You know, people aren't buying DVRs as, as frequently as they were before. And part of that is because the time shifting has gone even more dramatic with services like Netflix Instant or Hulu Plus or Hulu, mm-hmm. just Hulu in general, or the Amazon video, right. where people now have access to huge libraries of content that, uh, don't require a DVR necessarily. A lot of them have access to it through stuff they already own, yeah. like video game consoles or just on, on a computer. So we've even seen the DVR have a meteoric rise and then I think, I wouldn't say that it's gone or anything, but it's, I think it's in decline. I think companies like TiVo are finding it harder to make products that consumers are finding really compelling that they feel they have to go out and get because the 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 internet delivery method has taken off pretty dramatically over the
1: last two years. Yeah, I I, I don't think they'll they'll die out no. like some of the other technologies simply because of uh, well actually live TV. Yeah, um, things like award shows and sports and things like that that uh, um, you you won't be able to get later on from right. one of the streaming shows. You, know, you want to watch, uh, um, let's say the uh, the Oscars, sure. you wouldn't be able to. You're not going to, say, watch the Oscars from last week on Netflix.
0: Yeah, those of us on the East Coast are sick of the Oscars coming on so late at night for us. Yeah. It's, or, the, it's the afternoon for everyone in California, but for us, we're like, can you move it along? I have work tomorrow. Yeah. But,
1: uh, but you're right. Like the standalone stuff, uh, it's, it's, it's not a thing anymore. It's something yeah. you sort of expect. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing that uh, VCRs really have uh, moved off the map. I guess yeah, I'm just not in tune with what's on the store shelves. Considering
0: such a, it had such a huge impact on consumer behavior, mm-hmm. on the industry itself. I mean, it was one of those pieces of technology that really was a game changer. Yeah. I mean, that's in multiple, multiple industries. I don't really care. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so it, you know, to see it kind of disappear now, it's, again, a reminder that just because something is popular – doesn't mean it always will be that way. That's right. It's it's a lesson that we've had to learn multiple times, and yet people still forget about it. Mm-hmm. And they'll still say, oh, no, I can't see it. I cannot imagine a time when this will not be important. Well, there may come a time is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, uh, the only thing I think you can count on is that tech stuff will always be amazing and popular, and you should always listen to it. Depending on what format it's in? Uh, No matter, we transcend, we transcend Transcend formats, formats. we transcend platforms. We are fricking amazing. All right. So uh, just uh, you can, in fact, I think that's going to be our new slogan, tech stuff. We are fricking amazing. You know, I am pretty sure that the VCR is largely thought of as an obsolete piece of technology now. They haven't been produced in a few years, uh, but without it, we wouldn't have the wonderful series Half in the Bag from Red Letter Media where they are consistently and perpetually not repairing an old man's VCR. That's a great series. Hope you guys enjoyed this classic episode of Tech Stuff. If you guys have any episode ideas or comments or questions or anything like that, send them to me. The email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. You can pop on over to our website. That's techstuffpodcast.com and check out the older episodes. Don't forget to head over to our merchandise store. That's tpublic.com slash tech stuff. And I'll talk to you again really soon.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.